0: Hello, and welcome to Life Beyond the Numbers, the podcast for those curious about the non-finance aspects or the human side of working in accounting and finance. I'm Susan Necriadon, and while I believe there is beauty in balancing a set of financial statements, the intricacies that underpin the workings are wondrous, the real beauty for me is in working with people. The intricacies that underpin our workings are wondrous too and not one particular combination of input or formula will ever generate the same result join me and my guests as we place a lens on some of these wondrous intricacies that make us unique and as we share insights knowledge and strategies to inspire your life beyond the numbers I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Lonan. Andy, welcome to Life Beyond the Numbers. Thank you so much, Susan. Well, it's great to have you. And I hear that energy in your voice. And I've noticed that I think on LinkedIn, I saw you call yourself a chief energising officer. What yeah. do you mean by that, Andy? <laughs> uh,
1: so I, I'm actually chief executive, but um, I thought CEO, why not stand for chief energizing officer? It's energizing for our, our delegates who come on our training courses and it's, it's energizing the team as well that work for us. And
0: why not have fun in the corporate world? Why not? <laughs> Absolutely. And it is one of those things, I think, if you're energetic and enthusiastic, it's infectious. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, obviously we're a, a training business. So if you can get people, you know, excited and engaged with training and convey that energy and get them energized and enthusiastic about the topic, they're more likely to remember it, aren't they? So I think it's it's nice to be myself and use my enthusiasm, which I was criticized for in my uh, previous corporate life in finance.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. Because people just don't resonate with it, or you're an accountant and should be serious.
1: Maybe who knows? It's um yeah, a number of times I tried, they tried to bash it out of me, and uh, I just said no. I'm sorry, I'm happy being myself, and it's really important to me. I'm not going to pretend to be somebody else to fit some corporate whatever that people think that you should be and um the work always got done and it just got done with a smile and a flourish what's wrong with that
0: oh surely it's much better (laughs) yeah i'm glad you're in agreement (laughs) (laughs) well i was probably like that too andy (laughs) and some criticism along the way. Andy what was the catalyst for you to start your own business? Oh gosh so
1: yes (laughs) I hit a certain age I think that's what happened anyway because I'd reached a stereotypical age and I was in a job that wasn't quite working out for me in terms of my own values it wasn't quite connecting and uh, I actually took the opportunity to leave which was during a recession And I thought, oh my gosh, I love cycling and I love touring. Why not take a good couple of months off and just just go touring? So I did. I toured across from the far end of Switzerland, so the Austrian side of Switzerland. I cycled across the Swiss Alps and then the French Alps and the French Jura Mountains and the Vosges Mountains and all the way up to uh, Calais and then caught the bike bus back to my home in Yorkshire. And um, life was never going to be the same after that. And in fact, I wrote a a book, which was just basically a diary of the the cycle tour. Just, I'd written a blog whilst I was away so that my mom knew I was was still alive, basically. And this blog at the time had over eight and a half thousand hits from around the world in six weeks, which was amazing. I know. (laughs) And especially since I was just writing it for my mom, basically. And there were calls to write a book. And I thought, what? Who writes books? I I don't write books. I've never written a book. And it was like, oh, just, you know, let's, let's, I've got the whole book here. It's just putting it into a, into a book format, really the blog minus, you know, just add the bits that I've missed out that I didn't let my mom know. (laughs) 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 And, um, Yeah, and it was actually whilst I was writing the last chapter of the book that I I thought, what lessons did I learn from doing this cycle tour? Because to be quite honest, I didn't tell very many people I was going because I didn't know if I could do it. I cannot read a map for Love and Money. I did not know if I could carry all this stuff, all my camping equipment, cooking equipment across different countries. There were different languages. I mean, I know it was Europe and I wasn't exactly going to, you know, outer Mongolia or anything, but... It was quite a big deal and uh, i just found that when things happened the the kindness and support of strangers is just beyond extraordinary so my number one lesson was to have courage to give things a go because even if it doesn't work out, you learn all sorts on 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 the way. And that's how the business was set up. Something I'd always wanted to do. It was originally going to be a cycle touring business. I did the maths. It didn't add up. <laughs> so I thought, what do I love to do? And I started off actually being a part-time finance director. And it was a, a chance meeting with a lovely chap, who's actually one of our trainers now. And he said, have you considered training before? And I said, oh, yeah, I used to deliver training at places where I worked before because I absolutely loved it. And those were always by far my favorite days. And he said, oh, I'll put you in touch with a training company. I started, well, the very first training course I delivered, I thought, this is it. I have I have actually found my thing. This is what I was put on this planet to do. I just I just cannot explain the explosion of happiness inside when I'm delivering training and just working so hard to work with different individuals to to really make sure that people are, are understanding and helping support them and help them get excited and everything and and quite quickly there was a case of growing a team and like-minded people, and oh, it's just been the most extraordinary adventure. It's been incredible. Has some downs as well as ups. I make it sound amazing, but anyone who runs their own business will know <laughs> it's a bit
0: of a roller coaster sometimes. <laughs> I think the roller coaster is a very apt way of, of thinking about it. You talk about cycling, so I guess you're you're maybe you're a sporty person or whatever. But how do you keep that work-life balance, Andy? Or what what does work-life balance mean to you? That's, that's
1: really a great, great, great question. What does it mean to you? Because it, it, it's different things to different people, isn't it? And if you ask my family and friends, they probably say I spend a, a disproportionate amount of time working, but people forget that's my passion. That's my hobby. That's what gives me energy. It gives me fulfilment. But I do need to break as well. Otherwise, my, my brain doesn't work. <laughs> so, yeah, cycling is my total escape. It's my my absolute world outside of, of work. It's uh, my sociability. It's my holidays. It's, it's my license to eat as
0: much cake as I like. It's just, yeah, it's the business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's amazing. And are you planning any other long cycling trips anywhere? Or do you go overseas cycling, Andy, still? so yes I certainly have
1: around uh, the Alps the Pyrenees I love mountains basically and I live in the Yorkshire Dales so I live in an extraordinary beautiful part of the world to to cycle so yes as we're we're in the middle of Covid we can't go very far at the moment so it's up and down the road but yeah there will definitely be plans a plenty in the future and it's I think just every weekend I think my partner and me who's also a cyclist are going to be away cycling as much as possible to all our favourite haunts as soon as things
0: reopen yeah for sure well fingers crossed we won't have too long more to wait for all of that and we can all get out and about again like we used to yes (laughs) but I guess in a way then you're busting the stereotype accountants or finance or what the world believes an accountant should be and helping people be fab at finance tell me about fab finance
1: (laughs) so fab stands for financially awesome in business
0: wow Uh (laughs)
1: it's great isn't it so you can have fun with everything so yes we run lots of fabric finance courses for non-finance professionals uh so that they realize that finance people are not so scary after all and all the strange words that we use and the strange acronyms that we use actually just when you put them into simple english everyone can join in the conversation they
0: too can become fabulous at finance (laughs) That sounds lovely. Financially awesome in business. So, what type of people come to the course? You know, what kind of organizations, I suppose, size wise, or who do you help?
1: All sorts, actually. Uh, typically, it does tend to be larger corporates who want their managers and their, their senior leaders training. As you know from experience and from where, wherever you've worked, and any finance professional will know that non-finance people get into managerial roles, such as head of marketing, head of sales, head of operations, head of HR, all that sort of thing. And then all of a sudden, they're expected to know finance and know how to budget and know how to read a PL. and and so it's it's those people we're helping because they feel like they should know and they feel embarrassed sometimes and they feel nervous of numbers uh, sometimes as well so just by breaking down those stereotypes uh, and helping them realize that actually it can be fun and we did once once we actually had someone jumping up and down on their seat and they said this is so fascinating <laughs> and said yes it is isn't it you know when you actually know what all that strange jargon actually means it's actually quite straightforward the stuff that they need to know to do their jobs better basically
0: I guess people come with fears, then, Andy. Do they? That are, I mean, fear is often irrational, anyway, isn't it? But where do the fears come from? Oh, such an interesting question. And in fact, some people are, are so nervous
1: when they come into finance training. So this is pre-COVID when we did it face to face that we actually removed calculators from the tables when they came in. Some people were just went drip white and started to shake and i think some people just didn't like maths at school and so they think that finance is all numbers and it's all maths which we showed them it isn't we do in a whole day of training we would never give them any calculate or very very few calculations to do because we want them to see the story behind the numbers and what to do with that story So I think that's where some of the fear comes from. I think some of the other fears are related to, I should know this because I'm a manager. I should know this because I'm a leader or a director or whatever. But when would they have learned anything uh, to do with finance when they're in marketing or sales or HR, for example? Uh, And of course, we use a lot of spreadsheets. We use a lot of jargon. So they've probably come along thinking I'm not going to understand a word of this and that can be so intimidating and no one wants to feel like that you want to feel safe you want to enjoy a learning experience
0: the word you use there that struck me was intimidating do they find their finance colleagues intimidating Absolutely. In fact, over the years, when I've asked uh, non-finance
1: people, how would you describe a typical accountant? So it doesn't have to be ones that they know, but of course they're thinking of ones that they know. The number one word that comes up is actually intimidating. They're intimidated to have conversations with their financial colleagues. And the other word that's used a lot is scary. (laughs) So uh, I shouldn't laugh because it's been a real eye-opener I can tell you that because I never thought of that when I was in my corporate career in finance for for 20 years. And so now I help many thousands of uh, finance professionals, accountants to understand that people are intimidated to have conversations with them and scared to have conversations with them for lots of different reasons so that they can
0: help break down those barriers. No one wants anyone to be scared of them. No. So that's the flip side of the training, then. You're training finance people to be more approachable absolutely that's such a good way of
1: putting it yeah so we focus very much on business partnering skills the business partnering mindset to help add greater value to the organization and you can only do that if you partner with people and you can only partner with people if they're not scared of you or intimidated to have a conversation with you so that whole approachability piece is absolutely vital so we help with communication skills in terms of how to communicate numbers and graphs and charts how to really connect with people who are not like you it's something very often we don't think about in finance we just get on with our work and we don't realize that other people describe us as um, not human (laughs) as well as scary and intimidating I've heard it all well I think I've heard it all and then I hear something new on another course but it's just understanding where they're at and it's it's our job in finance to break down those barriers to be more approachable to understand what questions they have what concerns they have so that that we in finance can help them better and then the organization whether it's public sector private sector charitable sector flourishes it can just flourish when everyone can join in that all-important financial conversation
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's a, you paint a great picture of a flourishing organisation. Was there a moment in your own career then, Andy, where you maybe relied more on technical skills than people skills and realised you needed both? Or were you always energetic and, (laughs) and this way?
1: how do I answer that? I've always had, I've always been enthusiastic. I think that would be the number one word most people, my friends, my family would use to describe me. Uh, So maybe it would seem a strange career choice, but I, I am, I also have that very introverted, detailed side. So accountancy really, really Resonated with me. It was a, a wonderful profession for me to go in. And I always loved business. So to really understand business, I thought there's no better way than being an accountant. So I guess that was my catalyst for, for being an accountant. Um and yeah, I did rely on my technical skills, particularly in my earlier years, because that's what you're taught. And I copied what everyone else did. And as I was becoming more senior, I, I guess. One, one thing just really sticks in my mind is that I, I just thought, gosh, there has to be more to life than this. There just has to be more to life than reading out numbers and saying, you know, we made blah, 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 million this month compared to blah, blah, million last month. Compa-. You know, it was just so dull. You know, there just has to be a better way of uh, than watching everyone in the management team meeting switch off and fall asleep. It's like, no, 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 this, this cannot go on. <laughs> so it was a gradual process. And then that was brilliant because I could bring more of me or Authentic me and I think the more authentic you are and true to your own self and values the more you can bring uh, the more you can forget what anyone expects of an accountant blow that myth apart you know and just just be yourself and um, bring your brilliant expertise and skill set to the table and work with others you know in your best possible way it's uh, those soft skills are so so
0: important and You know, you talked about the non-finance people perhaps being intimidated by finance people, but what do finance people fear dealing with others? Oh, do you know what? That's so interesting.
1: And it's it's different answers for different people. And I will just be honest about this because, uh, you know, I'm not going to give any names away, but quite a lot over the years of finance people are very frustrated with their colleagues, they don't get it. They're stupid. No, they're not stupid. Can I blow that myth away? They, it's just something they don't know yet. And if they're scared of it, then it's, you know, they're not going to ask questions because they don't want to feel or look any more stupid. So I, I think finance people can easily get frustrated when people just don't get their expenses in on time or don't do anything with the information that they've given them. Or you spend ages putting together a presentation and you meet with people and then. They do something completely different from what you've recommended. And it could simply be that they've not understood because you've not been able to explain it in a way that they can understand. So I think for some, for many finance people, I think frustration is probably one of the number one things. Frustration, they're not being listened to. or well, that's how it feels to them. So it's not quite a fear exactly, but just wishing their colleagues would perhaps pay them a bit more attention, pay their numbers a bit more attention rather than just carrying on doing what they always do. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I can relate to that. I often remember feeling very frustrated myself and and I suppose that's the thing. It's sometimes you have to look at the pattern, don't you? That if if you're feeling frustrated all the time, then perhaps you're the one that needs to change and not your <laughs> colleagues.
1: That's right. And it is just that two-way understanding. It's that, that total... For a few minutes just try and think what it's like for them not just today but their 20 years background 10 years 20 years 30 years background and when would they have ever done any finance training and why would they know finance and even if they're there nodding at you every time you speak to them (laughs) we can relate to that can't we Susan (laughs) it doesn't mean they understand
0: It really doesn't. And, and, and I suppose there's often a fear. We all have a fear maybe of speaking up or showing that we don't understand something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Completely. And that's from a finance person's point of view as well. You know, one of the biggest complaints that non-finance managers have, this was in a survey that was done by one of the accounting bodies, was that finance don't understand the business. And maybe it's accountants either don't think about connecting with the business, connecting the dots. I know I didn't, you know, in my junior years, I didn't connect the dots. So now I help people do that. And it's wonderful when I hear people say, um, oh, I'd never thought of it like that, (laughs) connecting the dots to the rest of the business. For other people, it depends what environment you grow up in as an accountant and wh- who your role models are, Like I think. So if you have got the stereotypical accountant, produce the numbers, hand over the numbers, produce the numbers, hand over the numbers, without adding any insight or telling the story and connecting the dots with the rest of the organisation, then you're not going to have that experience yourself to do that yourself
0: because we copy our role models. We copy what's always been done, don't we? Mm. Oh, totally. And those dots, if you're not connecting them, then everybody's working in isolation and you could never be a, a team yeah exactly
1: yeah we really need to put the two pieces of the jigsaw together and then you get you know the one and one equals way more than uh, than two <laughs> okay let's not <laughs> redefine math here <laughs> i was scared i was going to say that one plus one equals five and i thought
0: that might, <laughs> that might
1: not be technically correct <laughs>
0: What are the main differences then working with these two groups? You talked about the non-finance person standing up in the chair and cheering and how wonderful the training (laughs) was. Do you find there are differences in the groups of people you train or are people just people, regardless of their profession?
1: That's really interesting. I think generally people are just people. I think people, as I, I try... For for all the team, we we try to encourage people to come with an open mind. So we we try to set the scene at the beginning. Just keep that open mind as we, we go through. And our job is to provide a safe learning environment for people, because you're never going to achieve your full potential if you've got barriers, if you're nervous. So the more fun you can make it, the more games, quizzes, teamwork, that you can put in it the better so I think most people choose to come on the training courses so they're generally curious they're generally open-minded we've certainly adapted our methods over the years where we've seen things not work so quickly in the real world and the online world now that we're we're in in covid times as we as we talk It's pairing people up or putting people in groups with different abilities as well, so that stronger people can help support those less strong and continue that in the workplace afterwards as well. So it's varying the techniques to help people feel safe, but not just safe. But they're really enjoying it. The more people can enjoy it, the more they'll remember it, the more they'll use it in the workplace. And we do surveys afterwards as well. And we love to hear how people have got on and said, I did this. I did this one tweak and and this happened. Or my boss loved it and has rolled it out across the company. And That is just the most incredible thing on the planet. Very humbling for us. But how incredible for them just for coming with an open mind and being curious and uh, just getting stuck in. So, yeah, I guess people are there to learn.
0: Yeah. And I suppose the learning experience for a lot of us is from school where, you know, somebody talked at you. And you learnt it off by heart and maybe didn't understand it. And as adults, we learn in such different ways. And the fun makes all the difference, Andy, I think.
1: Oh gosh, a hundred percent. And it's it's like I say, different techniques. It's just fascinating to see how people respond. And of course, in one group, you'll have a mix of, of introverts and extroverts, and it's it's mixing things up so that everyone gets their piece of happiness <laughs> if you like and uh, what's fun to one person is is not so much fun to somebody else so you've got to really mix it up um, to to make sure that everyone at some point has their piece of happiness their piece of fun that they can really connect with and really get on board with and yeah I think it's that connection isn't it to to really want to do something different to have that energy to have that inspiration to to give something different a go because that takes a lot of courage afterwards for people to do something
0: different it's giving them permission to try something different i like that giving them permission yeah. yeah and and showing them that it's not that scary i suppose builds that courage to take yeah. that step which is it's really it's that's really cool <laughs> do you ever bring the groups together Ah, oh, a mix of finance
1: and non-finance. Yeah. Actually, yes, I suppose we do in, in slightly in different ways so there was one organization we worked with and we were actually doing finance business partner training but it wasn't just finance who were there all of operations were there as well and that was the, the company that wasn't our insistence. it was the company they said business partnering is a two-way street they're the only organization that I've ever worked with that, that any of us have worked with where they they said it is a two way it's not just finances responsibility it's both and that was fascinating and so it obviously finance that with finance non-finance that with (laughs) non-finance because that's where you mates are uh, which is fine so let's create a nice environment to begin with and then let's mix it up (laughs) but i suppose another way that we get people together is if we're doing finance for non finance manager training, if the company are willing to and can release a finance member of staff, we love working with them on in the most part, I will give you a story afterwards, remind me, in the most part, that works really, really well, because we're the independent people. So people can ask all all the non finance people in the room can ask us their questions, they don't feel intimidated by us, they're never going to see us again. So they don't need to be embarrassed we're there to to train them but then when it comes to company specific jargon or industry specific jargon then we've got that finance person there and this works really or can work very very well especially for the finance person because they've no idea they think they're their non-finance colleagues know lots of finance. And then because of the way we do it, they realize that that they don't. And that really, really helps them to then change their message and hone their message and also keep the training alive afterwards. Do you remember we did this in the training course and that sort of thing. Um, I've seen it not work just a couple of times where, unfortunately, the frustrations between finance and non-finance were too high. (laughs) But finance, instead of helping with the training course, just started telling everybody off. And that, that didn't help so much. So it was trying to bring that back and go, yes, of course. And that's why we're here today um, so that we we can understand what we need to do and <laughs> try to bring back the support into the room again. But I have to say that is twice out of hundreds of training courses. So in the most part, it works really well bringing people together and helping them understand each other's viewpoints and talk together in an environment that has got a third party facilitator so people are usually on their best behavior.
0: <laughs> I can picture I can picture it happening you know but two out of hundreds is, is nothing either is it? You talk about the people coming with an open mind and I guess that's what they're doing is allowing it's the partnership mindset isn't it? Yeah yeah. Simply. But every year, Andy, I think you run a day um, and bring finance people together. Is that correct? Yes, we have an annual conference. An Uh, annual conference, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about
1: that. So the finance business partner boot camp, we hold that. It's usually a middle Friday in October. I don't think we have set the date this year, but I can't remember. It might be the 22nd or something like that. So yes, usually we bring people together in London and lots of finance business partners, so we we have everyone from aspiring through to experienced business partners and we bring lots of speakers. We have showcase speakers. So people who showcase their finance business partner journeys for others to learn from, they've been really popular as well as workshops so that people can upskill themselves in key business partnering areas this last year. October 2020, we ran some uh, roundtables as well. We were doing it, of course, in the online environment, which meant that we welcomed people from around the world, which was absolutely phenomenal because that always enriches and enhances the training so much more you've got you know finance business partner from perhaps from london and then one from australia one from the caribbean one from dubai one from the outer hebrides there was no geographical boundaries this this time and it's really interesting to know that in Australia, they have similar issues to what we have in the UK, for example, and people can talk through their experiences and learn from each other and support each other. People just seem to get so much from it. It's oh, it's just fantastic. I, I absolutely love I love the boot camp. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great day for, for business partners everywhere.
0: Brilliant. And so how does someone connect with you then, Andy?
1: Uh, Yes. So either through uh, Finance Business Partner Academy, which is is its own website, fbpacademy.com and also financetrainingacademy.com. So those are the the two main websites. Of course, they can connect on LinkedIn as well, which uh, we both love. Uh, So those are the, the main ways to connect with us. Yeah.
0: Great. Thank you so much for that energizing and explosion of happiness conversation. Isn't that wonderful? God, it's gone so quick. Thank you so much, Susan. (laughs) Okay, take care, Andy. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. And if you enjoyed our exploration of life beyond the numbers, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with others who might also be curious about their own life beyond the numbers.